0: me like that. I appreciate it. Uh, God's timing is perfect. Uh, It's perfect today. It was perfect yesterday, and it's going to be perfect tomorrow. Uh, That's part of that walking free, man. We get the opportunity to walk so free. It's a freedom that this world has never understood and will never know. Um, Gosh, I just... I can't put on you enough this morning that you have the option to walk free of guilt for the things that you've done in the past. You have the opportunity to walk free from sin that's that's held you down for so long. Uh, a lot of times, as Christians, man, we don't walk in the freedom that God has given us to walk in. We carry our burdens, we carry our shame, we carry our guilt. But man, just like that, when he set us free, when you accepted Christ as Savior and he set you free, those chains fell off of you. They're no longer binding of you because you have authority over them. The only reason that we choose to carry them is exactly that is because we choose to carry them. I can't can't explain to you having a breakthrough of sin that has overcome your life. And then being set free from it. Who has had that experience? Just the this, this sin had a hold on them. And Christ came in and he buried that sin. And the weight was lifted. And it is such a freedom that you get to walk in. Gosh, you feel light as a feather. You know, coming into God's house should be a, should be a time of freedom. A time to spend with a people that is not going to judge you. They're not going to tear you down. We're here to build one another up, right? We're here to worship God, we're here to pray, and we're here to help one another. And that's why I get excited. My daughter was laying in the floor this morning, she goes, Dad, do you know why today is special? I said, Why is that? And she goes, Because it's the Sabbath day and we get to go to church. Guys, it's that simple. It is truly that simple. We complex everything, right? Everything that happens in the world, we we try to complex. I had a mentor one time tell me, and we were just talking, he goes, do you know why possibly that God never told us exactly what day Jesus was born on? And I said, well, I really hadn't given it much thought, to be honest with you. And he said, look what we've done with the day he didn't give us. Imagine if he gave us the day what we would do with it you know, and it brings to light just how complex we have to make everything. Jesus didn't come in a certa King mattress. That's not where he laid, you know. It was pretty simple, right? Bed of straw. Manger then was full. They didn't overcomplicate things by complaining to the innkeeper and Tell them how important it was and, and how important this thing is and, and how I've got to be here and I've got to be there. They're just like, ends full. They're like, okay, we'll figure out something else. Right? Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Then I got a text message this morning um, from Anita, and she told me that Psalms 122. So I went to Psalms 122, and it says in Psalms 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they told me, let's go to church. Let's go where God's people are. Let's go assemble together. Can you imagine if every Christian carried that attitude with them to church? It's an opportunity. My gosh, today is Sunday. You know why Sunday is great? Because it's the Sabbath day and we get to go to church. And we get an opportunity to assemble with people like-minded at us that are not going to be judgmental that are going to be level-headed and there to love on us because this week has absolutely and wholeheartedly beat me up. And I struggled with this week. But this week is now behind us, and we're free from it. Why? Because we're in God's house. We're amongst God's children, God's elect that he calls us, heirs to the kingdom, and today we gather to love one another and sing praises to him. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. You know, something that got put on my heart this week, really hard, was the fact that how empty sin is. How empty sin really is. You know, I've got my own struggles, and and I struggle with sin just like everybody else does. But just about every person's got that one. They've got that one sin, but man, it just... They really fight with it. Whether they admit it or they bury it deep down inside and try not to even give it acknowledgement, everybody's got something, right? That's why when we gather here today, we're gathered in a medical clinic because we're broken. I'm broken. Bob Robbins is broken. And the only person, the only being that can put us back together is Jesus Christ. He's the only person that can heal the broken. And he tells us that he comes seeking the broken. I want to be broken this morning. I want to be broken this morning. Why? Because that means Jesus is seeking me. I'm no better than anybody else. I'm no better than anybody else just because I stand up here. I'm broken just like the rest of everybody else in here. I didn't come here because I'm fully righteous and this is where righteous people belong. I come here because I need help just like everybody else needs help. I come here because I've got sin in my life and in my nature just like you've got sin in your life and sin in your nature. But I can assure you that sin is so empty that it keeps happening. And it keeps happening. Why? Because it's attractive but it's only surface level so it only satisfies for a little bit. And then to keep the satisfaction going, you've got to sin again, and you've got to sin again, and you've got to sin again. Right? For sin to satisfy, it has to be ongoing. It can't just stop at one time. Why? Because sin doesn't fill the voids. Sin may fill a crack, but it doesn't fill the void, the longing that you have, because God created us, his people. God created us in His image. God created us with a desire. If you look at everything around us, God's creation in this earth, everything grows towards the light. I know I've used this analogy a lot, but it's so funny to be walking through the woods and you see a tree that comes up, goes straight out, and then goes straight back up. Now, I've been told since I was a little kid that that was Indian marking signs, that the Indians used to go along and they used to break a tree when it was little, to mark their path. But that tree is broken, and then it goes back up to the sun. So even though it's broken, God has a way of healing it, because it didn't die right there. Even though it was broken, God healed it, and brought it back towards the facing of the light. If you'll look at flowers, they turn, wherever the sun is, they turn towards the sun. Grass grows in the way of the sun. Why? Because everything has a yearning, to search for the light. Everything has a yearning because everything in God's creation, God created to have a yearning for Him. That's why we see a world of emptiness, a world of sadness and despair and depression and depravity. And all these people that you see doing these things and writing and, and arguing and all these things, they're, they're seeking to fill a void. They've got emptiness in their life just like I had emptiness in my life, I'm no better than they are, but now I know more than they know, but with that becomes responsibility to tell them what I know. Man, that's what's awesome is because we go into world daily, right? We go into the world daily. You go to a job, you, you raise kids or whatever it is you do. Some of us are retired, but we still face a world That's going to hate us. Why? Because the Bible tells me that if I serve him, if I serve God, the world's going to hate me. Why? Because they hated him first. And we're no better than our master, right? So it says if they hated me, they're going to hate you. They're going to try to beat you up. They're going to try to suck you in to this discontentment that they have, this malice, this anger. The world wants you to be angry. And a lot of times I get angry and I don't even know what I'm angry about. Right? (laughs) Right? Social media has a very unique way of doing that. I've flipped through it for just a little bit on Facebook, and all of a sudden I'm like, gosh, I'm mad. But I don't even know why. It just wants me to be mad. You know, and that's where I get lost, because those are not pure things that I'm seeking after when I scroll through Facebook. Those aren't pure things. I need to take some time, and I need to scroll through my Bible. You know, replace things with pure things, replace things with righteous things. This sin fulfillment that we want is going to be ongoing if we don't keep it in check because sin is empty and it leaves us empty and then we're searching for the next sin to get us by to the next sin. That's the problem with sin that never fully fulfills. I'm going to go to the Lord in a word prayer. If you would, please bow your heads with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come into your presence this morning, Lord, seeking unity. God, we seek your spirit to fall on each and every one of us. God, and I hope today that decisions are made to choose a lifestyle, Lord, that would seek after you. God, not only in myself, but my children, my family. God, and when I talk about my family, I'm talking about the family that shares the same blood. The blood covering of Jesus Christ. Lord, each and every one of us here today, God, are here for a purpose. God, I believe that nobody's here by mistake today. So, God, that makes right now your time. God, that means we're in this moment all gathered together because you willed us to be here, and God, I am thankful. God, you didn't create me to be here 150 years from now. God, you created me to be here today because your timing is perfect. God, in each and every person sitting here in the crowd today is the same. God, you created them for this moment. God, let your glory shine in this moment. God, I'm so thankful for a church family. Lord, I've I've lived a life without a church family. Lord, my family makes it so much easier. They make it so much happier. God, I pray today that you would change us. God, change us to the desire, the things that you would have us desire. Lord, help us realize the emptiness of sin. God, help us let go of it and reach both hands to you. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to be in Psalms 51 this morning. Psalms 51 this morning. David talks about some sin that he's been caught up in. Psalms 51, verse 1. It says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. He calls on God because God's the only one with the power to do so. He's got nowhere left to turn. He's been caught up in sin. He's been warned of his sin. He knows it's sin. So now he turns to the only one that can set him free from sin. He says, have mercy upon me, O God. According to whose loving kindness? God's loving kindness. According to whose tender mercies? God's tender mercies. And blot out my transgressions. Man, who's ever longed for that new start, right? Who's ever wanted that new start? Like, gosh, I messed up yesterday. Tomorrow, I just need a new foothold. I need a new strength, and I can move on. Guess what? God supplies us with new mercies every day. Amen? Amen. That's what I get excited about because of what I did yesterday. doesn't transform my tomorrow. The sin that I committed yesterday does not have to haunt me forever. I can lay it down. I can put that sin down and I can turn to a God that has mercy and loving kindness. And guess what? He also, in the last part of that verse, has the power and authority to blot out my transgressions. To free me of that sin. Man, when we talk about walking free in that song, When you talk about truly walking free in that song, we have the ability and the option to truly walk free as this world doesn't have that freedom that we have. When they see you walking around without a care in the world, how can you be so happy in the midst of a pandemic where churches are shutting down and schools are shutting down? Why? Because I serve something not of this world. I serve a God in heaven that loves me, and he is not shocked, dismayed, or awed by what is happening today. And what is happening today doesn't affect my eternal future where I get to go live with him. Man, that's a freedom to walk in. That's a love that never ends right that's a love that has a power over you that is fulfillment so david in his sin turns to god verse 2 he pleads again wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin wash me Wash me, he says, take this stuff away from me. I know that I've transgressed in my sin. I know that I'm living in it. I'm wallowing in it right now, God. I can't get out of it except for your power. You can pull me from the literal depths of hell. You can do that. I know you can do that. That's why God turns for David. Verse 3, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. David's saying, I know, I know I've got this sin, and I know I've got more sin to come. And God, I know it hurts you. It hurts God when we sin. God created you, He created each and every one of us. He says He wishes none to perish. He doesn't want anybody to go. But he also gave us a choice. He gave us a choice to follow him or not. He gave us a choice to accept his son as savior or not. He gave us a choice to turn to a life of sin or turn to a life of God. He gave us that choice. The choice can be made at any time at any juncture, and I believe that the Holy Spirit will pull us to that choice, and it will call on you, and it will say, now is the time that I'm calling you, child. Come to me. My arms are wide open. I have forgiveness for you. I have mercy for you, and I have an eternal love that the world can never offer you. Why do we resist that so much? Right? You may be sitting here today and you may be feeling that exact thing. And I will tell you, seven, eight years ago, I was sitting in your shoes and in your spot as God was calling me to get baptized. He's calling me to get baptized, right? I could feel it. Every ounce of me, I could feel it. Every Sunday, church carried a weight because I knew. I knew that the Spirit was going to pull on me to get baptized all throughout the week. I couldn't let it go. You know how long I fought the Spirit of God? You would think, boy, a couple months? No. A couple years? No. Three years. Three years I battled God, sitting in that seat, just like you are today, trying to find out a reason not to do it. See, I wanted to be baptized by a certain pastor, I wanted to be baptized in a certain spot. And I made up all these things, right, where conditions had to be literally perfect for me to go get baptized. Well, now it's getting late in the year. It's a little cool because I want to get baptized in the lake. I'll do it next summer. Next summer, got here. Well, not right now. The water's high and it's kind of junky. Well, I haven't called him yet to come baptize me. Oh, all of a sudden the summer's gone, right? It's too cold now. I can't do it. I'll just do it next year. Sounds silly? Guys, it is silly. It is. But I did it. I was sitting in your seat back there about where John and them was because that's where I sat. I slipped in the back and I sat down in the back seat. But guess what? The Spirit reaches from the front all the way to the back. So if you think that we can sit in the back and we can get out of the touching and the pulling of the Spirit, we can't. You think when you leave this building, you leave that pulling behind, you don't. Man, it will eat at you. And I pray, I pray that it eats at you. Because if the Spirit is pulling you to do something, you need to do it. Because God has your best interest at heart. He has your family's best interest at heart. I will tell you, standing here today, that when I got baptized and I said yes to the Holy Spirit, and I allowed God to start leading my life, my whole family changed. My house changed. My mom and dad changed. Guess what? All my friends around me, they started changing. Because it takes one, one to be obedient, one to say, God, here I am. You know, Isaiah said, here I am, use me. Here I am, send me. He didn't even know where God needed him to go, but he said, I'm here. I'm here. It doesn't matter because when God has it for you, he doesn't say that it's going to be easy, but he says it's going to be the best. Right? Imagine if Paul said, I want the easy road. How many lives wouldn't have got touched? My gosh. Imagine if I hadn't married a woman that was dedicated to her faith. Guys, there's no telling where I might be right now. But God created people for us, and God created us for his purpose because we are to aspire to be the light we are to aspire to reflect his light we're to aspire to walk in his light we're to aspire to be like him in everything that we can be in and even though we get caught up in the sinfulness of this world and this place guys this can be a season because it comes in seasons and sometimes seasons are extremely hard But I can assure you, if you're following after kingdom of God, it is never in vain, and you will continue to walk forward. Why? Because God says, I will equip you. I have made you for a purpose. I will give you the tools to succeed. And whenever you succeed, you will receive your crown of righteousness when you enter in my glory. Amen? It is not a crown of this world. It goes far above the things of this world. It is out of this world. And for some reason spirit knew i was going to get here today this morning i had this verse come to me it is john 16 and it says jesus said in the world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world amen goosebumps god does things and he sets things up in a way that are perfect we may not see it we may not feel it but it is always will be because god's timing is perfect god's trials are perfect guess what god takes satan's sinful attacks and he can turn them into perfection satan thought he had won when he killed god's son there on that cross i guarantee you he was singing victory I guarantee you he was happy as all get out when Jesus took that breath and he died and the world was filled with darkness. I'll guarantee you Satan was having a heyday. But guess what? God took the worst thing that could possibly ever happen in the history of the earth and he made it the best thing that could have ever happened in the history of the earth. That's what my God does. That's what your God does. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, you don't have the power to overcome this world. Why? Because you can't do it on your own. You have not overcome this world. But Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has. So if a decision needs to be made today, decide to become part of a family that has overcome this world through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Verse five says, behold, I sharp, I shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with the hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen? Because that's what God does. He starts the cleaning process from within. Why? Because within is what He's eternal. This body is going to vanish and perish and be turned back to dust, it says. You're going to be a worm's buffet one of these days. You just are. But what's inside, that's why God starts from within because what's inside has the opportunity to live everlasting, to live eternal. We talk about a mansion. God's building a mansion room for me right now as we speak. Why? Because he knows I'm coming home to his glory one day. Man, that's what I get excited about because even though this week has been rough, I come here on Sunday to praise because guess what? My God has overcome this world. Therefore, I have overcome this world. The sins of this past week have no weight on me. And I need to learn to just lay them down. Right? The only reason they have weight on you is because you choose to hold on to them. Man. I can tell you though, when you decide to lay them down, what a weight is lifted. And I'm telling you, it is a physical weight. Man, you will feel so set free. David says, get me there. God, here I am. I've sinned. I understand that. I have sinned and I'm turning to you because in me, verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore me unto the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. It says, then I will teach transgression thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. So he is fully confident that God is going to take his sin, that God's going to clean him from the inside out, and then what's he going to do with it? Is he going to sit at home and continue to watch TV and be a dump? No, he says, then I will teach transgressors your way. I'll teach them. Because I know other people are living in sin like me, and I want other people To have this. It says. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Why? Because if you ask God to restore a spirit in you. Then to glorify him we tell other people about it. Oh man. This is why I get excited about God's word. Because God's word is always true. You don't have to stand up here. And ask if I'm telling the truth. Because you hold in your own hand a Bible. And if you don't come to me and I'll get you one. We have a whole boxes and boxes, boxes full of them back there if you don't have one. Because it's important that you know God's word for yourself. It's important that you know what he did for you on that cross. And it's important that you don't ever, ever take it too lightly. Verse 13 is good. It says, then I will teach transgressors thy way. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Verse 14 Deliver me from the blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. And the Lord, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it to thee. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy pleasures upon Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices and righteousness and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bollocks upon thee. Deliver me, verse 14. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. Oh God, thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Right? Gosh. Whenever God does a work in your life, you don't want to hold it in. It's amazing. I'll just share an experience with you one time. We got word that a girl that was going to church here, during Sunday school, she started getting a bad headache, and she started, like her eyes, stopped, started to stop working, like blindness was setting in. Her mom got her, started rushing her to the hospital. We gathered this congregation together to pray healing over her. And by the time they reached W Highway on 5 South, just about the time we were praying, she got her sight back. Amen? Amen. These are the stories that we talk about, that we tell about, not to glorify the church body, but to glorify a God that is here for us. A righteous, a fully righteous God that says, come to me and I will deliver you from this world. I will deliver you from this world. Now we've got to go through it for a while, guys. There's nothing that's in there that says, hey, enjoy it. You know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be light spirited. You're going to skip through flowery meadows and and eat cotton candy all day. There's a lot of endures in there endure till the end endure you know gird up your strength because you've got to endure you've got to stand you've got to fight there's a lot of that in there not a lot of skipping through hollows I know that sounds weird but that's my own interpretation guys he tells us it's going to be tough because this world is corrupt this world is broken This world is searching for something, and all it does continuously is feed itself with sinful nature and sinful nature. Back in that, if you'll remember, I was reading, David said I was conceived in sin. I was born into sin. We were born into a sinful world. We choose the grace of God. We choose the grace of God. Why? Because it's a free gift that he offered us. All we have to do is choose it. And anybody can choose it at any time. I don't care if you've murdered 30 people. If you have a repentant heart and you have a desire in your heart to seek after God, God can clean any stain. Some people may argue with me on that. But that's what my Bible says. It said nobody's too far gone. I don't believe that anybody is out of God's reach. I don't believe it. I've had a lot of people tell me, man, you don't know the life I've lived. I don't, and I don't need to, but God does. And still yet, he offers his mercy to you. He does. That's why we're here today, to celebrate God's mercy, to celebrate God's love. To get with people here together that might not know it. And guess what? We're going to tell them about it. And we're going to rejoice with them in their happiness. And we're going to cry with them in their sadness. Because we're a family. And we're here to love on one another. That's why we're here today. It's opportunity. This is the opportune time. Isaiah 55. I'm going to go to Isaiah 55. man. I started reading Isaiah again the other day. Isaiah is an awesome, awesome book in the Old Testament. An awesome book in the Old Testament. If you haven't read it through, go back and read Isaiah, man. This, is, this was a dude. You, you need to get to know him. Isaiah 55, starting in verse 1. Everyone that thirst, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. You come by wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore, do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfied not? Hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. He says, you spend your money on a bunch of junk that doesn't matter. You spend your time on a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. You waste your efforts on stuff that doesn't matter. Come to me. I don't cost anything. Come to me and you have little effort. Come to me and I'll fill you. Right? That's what we were talking about, the emptiness of sin. Come to me and I will fill you. Fill you. All you have to do is come to me, accept me, and then set in my presence, and delight yourself in fatness. It says, Incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that knowest not and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call ye upon him while he is near. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I hope. I said earlier, I hope that the Holy Spirit does not let its persistence go when God is calling you. Because there has been a time where he won't call you anymore. Guys, I'm just telling you the truth. It's a sad time. God may not call you for three years like he called me. I was very, very fortunate and blessed that God continued to nag me for three years. I had an opportunity to preach at a church down in Arkansas. and I forgot even what I preached that day, but an old man pulled me to the side afterwards, and he said, "I've got a story that I think you should hear." This man was mid-'80s. I don't remember exactly how old he was, but he was mid-'80s. And he said, "I'm proud of you for answering God's call on your life." I said, "Thank you. It's been not an easy road. For sure, but he said, I'll tell you this. He said, God called me to preach when I was in my 30s. And he said, at that juncture, I didn't have time for God. And I told God no. And as tears started to roll down his cheek, he said, God never called me to preach ever again. And by this time, he was sobbing, telling me the story 50 years later. It had impacted his life because he knew he didn't answer the call of God when God was calling him. And he knew of a life that he missed out on. There's no telling, he said, what would have happened in my life. There's no telling what would have happened in my life if I would have put everything to the side and I would have said yes to God in that moment. Because he said that moment was the only opportunity that I got to preach the gospel Of different people behind a pulpit. And it was broken over it, guys. He was broken over it. That's why I'm telling you today that if God is calling you to his presence, if God is saying, Come to me, I'm here for you, I want you to lay all that mess down, all the mess that you've ever been through, all the bad decisions, all the addictions, all the lust, all the idolatries, I don't care. But today, you lay them down and you come into my presence. And here I am, a loving God, full of mercy, to restore you, to make you full. Guys, this is a call that the Lord has put on us today. I believe it. There's something here today that God is calling somebody to. I'm going to go into verse 7. It says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. You can't do too much. Like I said before, you can't do too much if you turn your heart to God. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth... So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, you know what the cool thing is about God is we don't have to understand what he's doing, right? We don't have to understand what he's doing to trust in him. In my opinion, I have no way the skills to lead a worship service. That's not what I was called to, but guess what I was called to? I was called to shepherd a flock. I was called to be a leader. So guess what? Here I am. I didn't know how today was going to go, but I didn't have to. Whether good or bad, I was here to serve God, and I was here to lift Him up. And whether I have a good voice or a bad voice, or it doesn't matter. Whether I speak cleanly or uncleanly, it doesn't matter. Why? Because if you say yes to God, He will take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest you don't have to worry about anything you don't have to worry about how good am I why because now you are not you you are a reflection of him that's why it says he made me a new creation in Christ he made me a new creation there was this old beaten down worn out sinful shamefulness of a person that I was but guess what he made me a new creation. He made me different than I ever thought I could be. He made me more than what I thought possible. First time I've ever led hymns this morning. He made me more than I ever thought possible. I can promise you guys. Because the burden's not yours to carry. It's not yours to carry. God says, I want to I help you. I want to relieve you of that mess that you've been living in, and I want to love you so that you can feel my love. In verse 10 it says, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not nether, but watereth the earth, and make it bring forth a bud, and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. It says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. We get to be the hands and feet of God down here on earth, right? Man. He says, this is not going to return void to me. If somebody steps into my purpose and my will in their life, to the world it may look like absolute failure but if you're obeying the word of God and if you're obeying God because he told you to go, you've got a crown of righteousness that he is creating to fit perfectly on top of your head. Ha ah. I wonder what mine's going to look like, honestly. Like, what jewels? I'm not a big jewel guy. I don't even know some of the jewels, but I can't wait. Is it going to be something that I'm going to wear kind of cocked to the side because I, I walk with swagger? I don't know is it going to be something that, that it doesn't even matter to me because guess what who gets to place it there man Ha! Oh, that means i get to be in his presence the one that died for me the one that gave his life so that i could have life these are the things that i get excited about and i know that if god sends me or if god calls me and i do it it doesn't matter what the world thinks because it's of God, and God is not of this world. He has got better things for us. He's got higher plans for us. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. So you don't have to agree. It goes back to that old saying, you know, if my buddy, my best friend that I believe and trust in, ask if he can come borrow my truck, I don't need to know what he's doing with it because I trust him, right? I don't have to know what my buddy's doing with my truck. If I trust him, then I trust him and he have my truck if he wants to. Because I take, I trust him to take care of my stuff. I don't need to ask, hey, what are you doing? so that I can approve of what he's doing. Same way with God, right? If we approve of what God is doing, then we don't we don't have to trust, we don't trust him if we have to know what he's doing. See, the beauty comes in the part where we trust God for who he is, his sovereignty his love, his mercy, and everything about him so what he's doing doesn't necessarily matter because we know it's good, right? That's what the good thing is, is because you give your life to God, you're saying, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but what I do know is that it's going to be good, right? Promises. These are great things, man. It's all in here. Verse 12, it says, for you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees in the fields shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree and it shall be to the Lord for a name for an everlasting sign that thou shall not be cut off walking in God's light walking for God's purpose living out God's will on your life doesn't just affect you I can't tell you how much trying to follow God more deeply more sincerely more intimately has changed not only my life but my family's life because see I believe that Men are put in a role within their family to be the spiritual leader of the household. And whenever a man steps into his role, the house will forever change. Man, it's good. It's good. God's promises are so good. He doesn't say, "Well, wow, yeah, if you accept me, I'm going to make it so easy. He says, if you accept me, you will have endless love, endless mercy, and endless grace. And one day, you will get to be an heir to my kingdom because you are my child. I have now engrafted you into the family because you accepted my son as your personal Lord and Savior. That's so good, guys. It's so good. It starts in here. Like David said, he said, clean me from the inside. I don't care about the outside. He said nothing about his outward appearance. He said nothing. He said, clean me from the inside. Make me spotless. And whenever you start to get this clean, guess what? These actions out here become cleaner. Your thoughts become cleaner. Your words become cleaner and more righteousness. Right? Because if you're growing in here, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. And God fills you with joy. I always say joy is from the Lord. Happiness is created by circumstance. And it's temporary. But see, what the world is missing is joy. A joy That is still with you even when the worst thing just happened. We have a church member that just lost a son. But I know that she still has a joy inside of her because God put it there. And she rejoices. The other day I was talking to her on the phone. She knows where her son is. Amen. She is heartbroken that she lost a child. But she still has a joy inside of her because what God has done for her in her life. And the promises that God gives her. Helps her move from day to day. If you don't have that, today is the day. It really is. If you think that you, one person can't make a difference, say yes to God and watch it happen. Watch it happen. One person saying yes to God. If you read the book of Isaiah, one person to stand in the gap. He says, I'm not looking for an army. I'm looking for one man to fill this gap. Are you going to be that one man today, man or woman? doesn't matter. We can fill the voids. We can help people here on earth. We can help people not be of this world anymore. We can show them that there's more. If you would please stand with me today. We don't have a song for invitation today, but we don't need a song, right? We need the presence of God, and I believe that the presence of God is here Because we came to seek God this morning. That's the reason I came here. I came here to seek God this morning. That's the reason I'm here. And I believe that God met me here. I believe that God is here right now. And I believe that God is standing there with open arms to whoever wants to come in his presence. So as we open up the altars today, I pray today that you would leave everything else by the wayside the sin and heaviness and darkness that lays in this world, you have to remember that you are not of this world. You are an overcomer because Jesus came and he overcame. And in his name, you can declare victory in the fight that is of this world. So if you don't have that today, come get it. It's sitting here waiting for you as a free gift of salvation. If you're sitting there going, I don't know how, ask somebody come ask me ask me after service if you don't want to walk up here right now ask me down on your hands and knees crying because God will heal your brokenness today he come to tell you to forget everything about last week and the rest of your life that he wants to make you a new creation today and we will glorify and we will rejoice in the decisions that are made today Whew. man it's so awesome to feel and be in the presence of God. If you don't know it, come get it. It's a free gift waiting here for you. I will answer any question that you have. No question is a stupid question. And if I don't know the answer, we'll go to God's word and we'll find it. Because every answer to life is in God's holy and precious word. The altars are open today. If you don't know God, come see God. Come make the decision for God. If you need somebody to pray with you, just come up here and ask for somebody to pray with you. I'll pray with you. The altars are open.